welcome once again to altf4.co. This is Brandon, and today we are going to cover post-election stuff. So last week I went through the voter's guide, and I left a few open-ended things. There were a few races that um, I really didn't have any information on based on the voter's guide, and... Um, I felt like there were some gaps of my knowledge and I wanted to communicate uh, what I did to change that and what I learned from that. And um, also I thought I would cover the results of the election, at least the unofficial results at this moment. So as I'm recording this, this is actually Thursday, uh, not Monday. So the election's been over for a couple days, but... <clears throat> Or I should say, and there are some races that are not quite decided yet, but I'm going to go ahead and make the call on some of them just based on what I think and what I know. And so I thought I would close the loop with all the election stuff. Um, good news is I don't think this will be as long as last week. Last week was pretty long at uh, at over an hour, an hour and 20 Um and I really didn't want to sort of talk about my process and analysis of the candidates without some sort of follow-up in terms of, well, how did they do? Because you may not be in Oregon or you may not even care to look up the results. And so, therefore, um, this just follows in line with with the train of thought here. But before I get to results and analysis, I thought I would um, do some more digging so, all right, then let's talk about the ballot measures. Remember, I was talking about who paid for what last week. And um, if you remember, ballot measure 111 was the right to health care. And uh, the majority of the arguments for were paid for someone by Emerson Hamlin. So, I went ahead and just did a quick search for Emerson Hamlin, and lo and behold, it didn't take me but a minute, and I found this person had a LinkedIn account. So I opened it up and looked at it, and what it told me was Emerson Hamlin was a uh, campaign manager, or is a campaign manager, for someone running for the House of Representatives in Oregon, Zach Hudson, who is a Democrat for District 49, uh, which happens to be the east suburbs of Portland. So I'm going to spare, I actually had a link to all the campaign sites and everything, and I think that now that the election's over, I'm going to spare going through that in favor of getting more into the results and analysis. But essentially I'll just say uh, Zach Hudson running for District 49 is a Democrat who... Uh, is in favor of the Green New Deal, social justice, etc. So coming all the way back to ballot measure 111 and all the arguments for, it's really being pushed by this candidate, Zach Hudson. At least he's funding the, he was funding the arguments. And, um, you know, you have to really wonder why, but I, I would ultimately say that Anyone whose values are, are the Green New Deal is probably this fits right in part and parcel. So this is, again, making health care a recognized right within the state constitution of Oregon. 
Now, ballot measure 112, um, this is the one that excludes slavery uh, as a punishment from the Oregon Constitution. And if you remember this one, there was someone that was named, oh shoot, I didn't get their last name in there, Irwin was the first name. And so I did a quick search on Irwin and found out that this was another campaign manager. Now this particular candidate was um, Kate Lieber, who is a Democrat in the west suburbs of Portland. I went to go look at her particular website and again, another Green New Deal, another social justice warrior. So Again, this this one was funded by another uh, candidate, most exclusively another candidate running for some sort of office that has a political agenda. Then I went to look at 113. This was the one that bars people from running for re-election if they've been missing for 10 concurrent days. And... Uh, the arguments for were sponsored by a person named Tan Perkins. Tan Perkins, as it turns out, is a political director for an organization called Our Oregon. I went and looked at what Our Oregon stands for, and again, this is another one of those socialist, leftist type agenda organizations that's pushing the ball forward in that direction. So, um, I would say that you probably get the tone. I'm going to talk about where I voted and what the results were um, a little bit later coming up here. But uh, the tone of these measures are to push, push left agenda forward. Now, <clears throat> I had to work a little bit harder on the local elections. Um, there were some, at least some contested races. I didn't, really didn't bother listening to those stand or platform to the uncontested races because the likelihood that they weren't going to get elected was pretty slim whether I voted for them or not so I did my due diligence and I had to work as I said I had to work a little bit harder for these candidates um, I found a local radio station that did interviews for all the candidates in this race and so each interview was 15 to 20 minutes, and I listened to all of them. Um, basically, what it boiled down to, I'll keep it short, was you had an incumbent running for the position, and then you had someone representing climate change and social justice. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about the analysis of that later. There was, uh, okay, so I'm getting confused here. Yeah. That that basically describes the two contested races. Um, so you can probably guess where my mind is at. But I did listen to, um, I won't say I listened to all of all of the uh, interviews, but I listened to enough of all of the interviews to sort of form my opinion about who I would want in that position based on um, what their agenda was, what their experience was and um, what the overall goal of the organization in general is. All right, <clears throat> so now let's get to results here. I'm gonna talk about who the leading candidate is and 
who or, or the declared winner. And then I'm going to talk about um, who I voted for. Well, I'm not going to say exactly. I'm going to say whether I voted with the winner or not is what I'm going to say. Okay, so we have governor right now. And they're saying that the governor's race is too close to call. Looking at the results this morning, there's about 40,000 votes between the leader and the second place uh, person. And winning the race, and I think this is going to be true after all the votes are counted, is Kotech the Democrat. And I'll just say I did not vote for Kotech. For U.S. Senator, we had the incumbent, Ron Wyden, uh, running against several candidates. And Ron Wyden won handily. I did not vote for Ron Wyden. U.S. Representative District 6, we have Salinas, who is leading uh, by about 2%. Um, so I expect that race really to be over at this point. It's it's closer than some of the other races, but I there's less votes to be counted here because this is a U.S. district. So Salinas, Democrat, I did not vote for her. State Senator... We have um, Deb Patterson, the Democrat, who I did not vote for. State Representative, we have Paul Evans, the Democrat, who I did not vote for. Now, interestingly enough, there was one contested race that was listed as nonpartisan. And the winner, um, I can't remember her name right now, but the winner uh, was the person I did not vote for. Moving on to ballot measures, we have ballot measure 111, which again was the health care is a right. This one's really close. It is currently passing right now, and I expected to, it to pass. I did not vote for this measure. We have ballot measure 112, which is the slavery um, ballot measure. This one passed by a landslide. I voted no on this on this measure. Then we have 113. Um, this one also passed by a heavy margin. I voted no on it. Next, we have 114, which is the gun control measure. Uh, just in quick summary, I didn't talk a lot about it last week, but um, this is the one that requ- it requires... Uh, citizens to get training headed head uh initiated through each county sheriff to build a database of quote certified gun owners in order to possess and or purchase firearms um it also additionally implements a 10 round magazine ban uh for all things including tubular magazines and there's no grandfather uh position in here. So I do know for a fact that um, the Second Amendment Foundation has already filed a brief or or getting ready to file a brief based on whether or not this measure is passing. It is passing by a small margin. I do expect it to pass. The polls were saying that it was going to pass. it could be a miracle that it doesn't, but I'm pretty sure it's going to pass, and I voted no for that. 
All right, uh, moving on to the local contested races, and I talked a little bit about them earlier today. The Soil and Water Director, um, I voted for the incumbent after listening to the um, interviews, and I would and the the opponent won the race. The opponent being the um, climate change person. There was another contested race, which was the at-large position that was contested. And the incumbent uh, won that or lost that race as well. Now, in these two cases, I, I do believe, and I and I also believe with the um, nonpartisan race, in all three of these cases, the person that won the race was also the first name on the ballot. So given the fact that I had to work, I'll say at least for the local race, maybe not so much for the Bureau of Labor and Industries, I had to work to find the information. I did check out a Facebook post from one of the challengers, the one for the director, and that person had 138 likes on that Facebook post, which was a video that she had put out about what to vote for her. It, it basically gave no information, um, but it just said vote for me. And there were 138 likes for that. When I was looking at the total ballot count uh, for that particular race, there was over 2,500. And she won by roughly 10% or 600 votes, something like that. So what I'm trying to say is, I believe that people voted for the first person on the ballot rather than doing any sort of research. And that's why in both both of these races that were contested, um, I believe that's why we got the results that we did. Not necessarily the best candidate for the position. Now, that's speculation, but, um, you know. That's what I think, quite frankly, just based on it wasn't hard to find the information, but it did take some effort. I had to search. I had to weed out candidates with similar names or or same names in different states and different elections. So so there was some some work to be done in order to actually find the person running for this particular race. Um, The last one I didn't talk about last time, there was a county measure on the ballot to ban psilocybin businesses from the unincorporated county now um, for those of you that weren't paying attention don't live in oregon psilocybin has been uh, made legal in previous elections i i think nobody really knows what to do with it at this moment and for some reason my county put a measure on the ballot to ban them from unincorporated areas i'm i am unaware excuse me unaware of any um, businesses or activity going on in that direction, but um, it passed. And, you know, quite frankly, I'm going to get into analysis here, but that doesn't surprise me because I do live in a rural conservative county. So the fact that it, that it's legal statewide and, um, and going to be banned in this county is not completely surprising just based on uh, conservative values, quite frankly. All right, so let's move into analysis here. I want to caveat that these results are not official yet. Um, 
Oregon has an entirely mail-in system, and the ballots must be postmarked by the date of the election, uh, which is November 8th, and there are seven days post the postmark date to get results in. So it's very possible there's a slug of ballots out there that haven't been processed yet. I don't, I don't know, but I, I just want to say that based on all my inklings, um, that's, that's where we're at here. Um, and with that, I will say none of the results are what I wanted, um, based on how, how I explained my voting, but I'm not surprised by any of them. Truthfully, I'd like to point out that if you looked at my ballot, not a single candidate nor issue went the direction that I voted in. So what does this really say? I guess my first thought is, does this government actually reflect my values? And even more so than that, does this society reflect my values? You know, I mean, if if my thoughts were every single candidate was different than what was elected and every single ballot measure came out different than, than how I voted. Am I crazy to be living here to be, to think that, that, you know, my vote is making a difference here. I mean, I I guess what I also wanted to say is I'll be the first one to sort of throw out a protest vote, if you will. Um, You know, I, I did not I did not expect a bunch of Republicans to win, quite frankly. So when you look at something like the um, presidential race, it is pretty much a guarantee that this state is going to go to the Democrat. I mean, so whether I vote for the Republican or not, it doesn't really matter. When you look at the last election, I think it was probably 60 to 65 percent Democrat to others at this point. And um, so, you know, if I voted for the green candidate or the libertarian or the whatever, you know, it didn't matter because Trump wasn't going to win this state anyway. <clears throat> Whether I wanted Trump or not, I, I should also say that. I mean, he's pretty crass, to be honest. But all right. So so what happened here? Let's look at the governor's race for just a quick analogy. Um, so we had a three-way race, not really, but kind of. The third party in this race, uh, who was independent and formerly a Democrat, really probably took votes from the conservative uh, left side, mostly. I, I doubt that she got a lot of votes from the, the right side, but the fact that she was in the race I think probably made it closer than it normally would have been. I mean, I honestly think that the Democrats could put up a dead person and would probably win in this state. Um, and so, you know, the, again, I'll say this, they're saying this race is too close to count, but the margin is widening each day when I look at the results. And I honestly expect that the Democrat will win based on that. But, I guess what conclusion I draw from this is there's no saving this state period. This state has gone in the tank. 
for for Democrats, and I don't think that they're ever going to see another non-Democratic candidate here, to be honest. And when I say saving, you know, I mean, I'm not under the illusion that the Republicans going to make any difference. But there was talk about, well, can we end the supermajority in the House and the Senate so that everything isn't just a ram through, right, based on party politics. And I don't think that's going to happen. I haven't looked at the overall state uh, demographics yet at this point. But I think, you know, what I'm going to say is, People are feigning outrage over things like rampant homelessness and inflation, not uh, parentheses, not that inflation is a state issue, but just as an example. In the end, they don't really care because they don't care to analyze the issues. They select the first candidate on the ballot rather than actually doing research. They don't use critical thinking. Like, if this is true, then that cannot be true. And... You know, I, I, I mean, it's just, it's disappointing. It's very disappointing. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I just said all that stuff. I was kind of going off instead of following along with my notes. Um, I was going to do some over and overall analysis of the election, but or at least I was planning on doing it when I sort of stubbed this out last week. But the truth is, is I don't have the answers. I don't understand why people continue to vote their rights away. I mean, I guess this is the point for me. Um, so I wanted to use an example. For instance, why do we need to make health care a right? Forget politics all together for a moment and just say, why do we need to make it a right? And I think the way, the only conclusion that I can draw to is that we no longer believe in market economics. Um, when I was delivering packages for Amazon, this was a job, you know, it wasn't minimum wage, but it wasn't that far above it. I think I was making sixteen twenty-five or something like that. We were offered health care. Why is that? Well, uh, under the, um, I, don't, <laughs> I can't remember the name of it, but so I'll say Obamacare, right? Businesses are penalized for not providing it. Individuals are penalized for not having it in our income tax. I mean, both of those are taxable events with, quote, penalties. And if you're not working... Or you're in somewhere where they, where your business has just said the hell with it. The state has free health care called the Oregon Health Plan for all of those that can't afford it. So if you are strictly on uh, Section 8 housing, welfare, WIC, and all those things, guess what? You also get the Oregon Health Plan. You can get the Oregon Health Plan if you're working and health care is not uh, offered through your employer. So we no longer believe in market economics. That's that's my analysis of the situation. We do not believe that um, if you're not happy with your job, you find another one, and or you're not happy with your benefits, you find another job that's better. We just don't believe in it anymore. And now we're going to codify 
health care as a right for some reason because we are unable to do the hard work of finding a new job or finding a job or working period. You know, um, I guess I, I wanted to say I don't remember health care in the Ten Commandments or common law. That's the foundation of our entire political structure of rights. You know, that that is the foundation of our Bill of Rights. That's the foundation of our Constitution. That's the foundation of our republic as it is. And I'll remind people that Oregon has has um, adopted the Bill of Rights and the U.S. Constitution into their Constitution in general. So we're adding another right that really doesn't have any value, quite frankly. Um, I hate to say this, but Oregon has become California. And if you knew California, then you probably would know what I'm saying. But let me explain that a little more. So, you know, there's 60 million people in California. There's a lot of good people, good and smart people that live there. But guess what? There's a lot more dumb and greedy people that live there. And that's what Oregon has become. Um, there, there were, there were a lot of initiatives, uh, that came from a good place in terms of correcting the, the sinking ship of the state that just always go down to something like a 60, 40 margin. So, 40% of the population's got their head screwed on, right? 60% doesn't. And that's about where we are now. All right. So I'm going to come headlong here into my conclusion. I think it's easy for people to say that we should ignore politics. I mean, even I'm one of them, but it's really hard to ignore when you live somewhere where politics are literally closing the door on your rights. So, for instance, I can hold my nose at a lot of the nonsense the the local candidates spew. But what's really hard for me is something like 114, where um, that's ultimately going to affect me, right? This is an outright ban on magazines that hold more than 10 rounds. And it's now law or going to be law soon. When I look at measures like um, 112 that that talk about forbidding slavery in the Constitution, I think, you know, whether I agree with this or not, this is not something that really has any bearing on my life. Yes, do I think it's nonsensical? I do. Do I think it's a waste of time and grandstanding? I do. But I also know that we have the 4th and the 14th Amendment you know, those are the two illegal search and seizure and the anti-slavery amendment that was adopted to free all the slaves within the Constitution and the Oregon Constitution recognize recognizes the U.S. Constitution as um, enumerated. Right. So it pulls those things down transcendently. This is really busybodies making themselves feel good about something that has no real impact. But the truth is, is this is not the hill to die on, right? I mean, it does irritate me, but on the other hand, it doesn't really affect me. So the fact of the matter it passes, that's fine. But 
you know, what is it going to really do? I don't think much. Um, and then, you know, I'm, if you're following along in my Atlas Shrug series, I hate to say this, but it's pretty much time to look for Galt's Gulch here. Um, I can hold my nose at the candidates, but Measure 114 is is probably a deal killer for me. And and I said it earlier. I mean, there's no there's no saving this state. They're just going to keep driving it into more authoritarian hell, in my opinion. So, you know, this isn't a prediction per se, but I'm I'm in a bit of a precarious position, as it were, as my kids are within three years of finishing high school. Um, and we do have some real short-term business that we need to take care of in terms of cleanup for a state and so forth. But I, <clears throat> I just can't imagine my future here, quite frankly. I mean, I work in a remote job. There's nothing really holding me in this place at this point. Um, so I think it's time. I think it's time to start thinking, looking, and planning exit from the state because as much as whoever's in charge isn't going to change the reality, the reality is of some things is coming whether I like it or not. And my ballot says that, you know, I don't belong here. So uh, more on that later probably, but... Um, you know, it's it's not the end of the world, but it's also very clearly telegraphed that I don't fit into this community here anymore. So with that, uh, we'll see what happens next. We'll see what happens with the certifications. But, um, you know, hey, if you've got any good places to live that uh, enjoy freedom, then by all means, suggest them to me. This is Brandon with altf4.co. And remember to end your programming and do things that matter.